Here at the Space Witch Podcast, we believe that there are no coincidences. I want you to think of this podcast as a gift from the universe made just for you. I'm your host, Whitney Levesque. I'm a professional astrologer by day, an amateur spiritually enlightened person by night. I'm also a cat mom and vegan foodie. Welcome to the Space Witch Podcast, where I talk and teach all things astrology, spirituality, and whatever other weird things that I want to talk about. So pull up a chair and hold on to your seat because it's going to be a wild ride. All right, you guys, welcome to the Space Switch Podcast. I want to start off the show with a couple announcements. The first one being that my Etsy shop is finally up. I'm super, super excited about it. Right now, I just have crystals for sale up there. They're from a very reputable source and they are really gorgeous and they all come with little handmade bags that I made myself and they also come with instructions on how to use and cleanse them and also like what they do and how to use them to manifest and heal and if you have no idea what I'm talking about when I tell you that you can manifest and heal with crystals um, stay tuned because in a couple of weeks hopefully I'm going to have a new episode up about how to use crystals that work with your zodiac sign In addition to that, I'm also going to have handmade tarot bags up at some point, as well as runes made by my fiance. He is all about runes and rune magic, and he does rune readings, and they're really amazing. So those will be up on the shop in a few weeks as well. So we're both really excited about that. And also, I will link it in the show notes. And yeah, so go check that out. I am also offering natal chart readings I have a couple different natal chart readings that I'm offering currently. The first one is my basic natal chart reading, which would just be in-depth look at your natal chart and your personality and other influences that might be going on in your life. The second one that I offer is a solar return chart or like a birthday reading. This is basically what the year ahead will look like between your birthday and your next birthday. So that's like a really fun thing to kind of do if you have like it's good if like your birthday's coming up or maybe like you have a friend whose birthday's coming up. You can also buy a reading for your friend. Just email me and let me know. I can do a gift certificate for you. I can also do I also do transit readings. So that's like currently what planets are affecting your chart. So if you're like I have some weird energy going on and all this weird stuff is happening and I want to know what's going on, you can email me about that and I can do a reading for you. So that's something I offer as well. Also, I offer Saturn return readings for any 30 or 60 year olds out there, or even if you're not at that age yet, but you kind of want to know what your Saturn return might be like. That's a really tough and challenging time. So I'm happy to do a reading for you and kind of help you on how you can navigate that time of your life a little bit easier and better and we can kind of figure out like what lessons you're going to be learning and how to how to navigate it so you have like a hopefully better outcome (laughs) maybe not better it's going to be good no matter what but it'll just kind of help you to cope better I guess is the word I'm looking for if all of those are kind of interesting to you or maybe you just don't even know which reading would best suit you you can just send me an email we can do a custom reading if you want to know something about like your career or your work in particular or a love in relationships or if you're just kind of not sure and you have questions you can just shoot me an email and I can kind of help you figure out which reading would be best for you or you know I can I'll do whatever is most helpful to you and yeah we can discuss it and figure it out. Lastly I just wanted to invite you all to join me on Instagram at the Space Witch Podcast. I try to post regularly on there 
So if you want to stay in touch with me, I'm on Instagram. You can also find me on my Facebook page, which is just the Space Witch Podcast. I like to share, you know, fun little astrology and space related things on there or metaphysical things. I'm also really excited to announce that I started a new Facebook group called the Starseed Community. I thought it would be fun to do a Facebook page for you guys, my listeners, where you can kind of discuss what you hear on the show, if you have questions, if you want to learn astrology, if you want someone to look at your chart and you want to know more about your chart. I figured it'd just be a really good place for us to all come together and to kind of discuss like planetary transits or, you know, help each other learn astrology. Whatever the case may be, I just really wanted to kind of build a community with you guys and have a place for us to connect and talk and share things. And I'm really, really excited about it. The more the merrier. So go over to Facebook and join the community and, you know, maybe do a post and introduce yourself and, you know, or if you have a question, just post it in there. So yeah, I'm really excited about that. And yeah, let's get on with today's episode. All right, so this is my third installment in my Astrology 101 series. Real quick, I'm recording in my bedroom today because it's Maine and it's freezing, even though it's still May. Yeah, I'm just really cold, so I'm basically hiding out in my room with my space heater on. So I apologize in advance if you guys can like hear it in the background or anything. I don't think it's too, too loud, but just in case, yeah, sorry if it's distracting. So yeah, this is the third installment in my Astrology 101 series. Kind of just went in order of what I felt was kind of like the building blocks of astrology. Hopefully, this isn't going to be too confusing for your, for you guys. Today, I'm going to be talking about the houses. So the houses are basically different sections of the natal chart. If you go online, I think like astro.com is a good one to use. Don't use Astrolabe because that one's really like... It's just really hard to tell what's what on that and it's hard to read. I don't recommend that. I also don't recommend using Cafe Astrology because that won't show you the actual chart. It'll just list off what signs are in what houses and all the placements. And I just, it's not that great. Um, I don't recommend using it. But go to astro.com and look up your chart. And then you'll notice that your whole chart is kind of divvied up into 12 different sections and they should be numbered. So those little sections, those are called the houses. They can all vary and be different sizes depending on when you were born. You can have in, what's called an intercepted house, which I'll probably do a whole separate podcast episode on that. So yeah, the houses are basically, they show not only different parts of like the sky and where the planets were when you were born. So in your natal chart, they represent different sections of your life. On top of that, all of the houses are associated with the different signs going in order just as you would with, you know, so starting with Aries and ending with Pisces. So just the way the months go, it's the same order with the houses. And so basically, these just show different areas of your life and what parts of your life are going to be emphasized for you, where you'll have the most lessons and challenges. And this is where you would want to look at the planets. So if you have planets in your seventh house, for example, then you would have a big emphasis on relationships in your life. Um, also, if you have like, I believe it's four or more planets in one house, then that means that you have what's called a stellium. So there's just a lot of activity for you in that section of your life. And that's where a lot of your energy is going to go. It's where you're going to benefit the most, but it's also where you're going to struggle the most. You're going to have a lot of challenges that show up. So that's just where a lot of your energy is going to be 
guided towards. Now, let's say you have houses that don't have any planets in them. That is totally normal. Everyone has empty houses in their chart. It doesn't mean that it's not valuable or that there's nothing going on there or that there's, you know, it, it's not anything bad. It's totally fine if you don't have any planets in some of your houses. Um, it basically just means that there's not as much of an emphasis on that part of your life, um, even though it's, of course, still a part of your life. Uh, it just means that you won't have as many challenges or lessons to learn in that section of your life. So basically, it's kind of just like neutral. And then if you don't have any planets, you would just look at whatever sign is on that part of your house. If you want to know more about that section and like what's going on with it, you would just look at the sign that or signs that rule that house in your natal chart. Next, I'm going to talk about the different types of houses. So you have angular houses, you have succedent houses, and you have cadent houses. So all of these different types of houses, they're all associated with the different signs and their modes and what their qualities are like. So first, I'll start with the angular houses. So the angular houses all have to do with Aries, Libra, Cancer, and Capricorn. Those are all of the cardinal signs in the zodiac. So naturally, all of these houses have to do with cardinal sign traits. So what a lot of people say is that the angular houses have a lot to do with your actions and how you deal with the present and how you handle like certain situations in the present. Because the cardinal signs are all about taking action and getting things done and starting things and igniting projects and just kind of really getting the ball rolling. Like I, I always think of these signs as like the go-getters of the zodiac because they're always starting new projects and like trying to get them done. I mean, they don't always get them done because <laughs> they're not fixed signs, but they start them. So they're like, the, they're the initiators of the Zodiac. So these houses are kind of like, where do you show initiation? How do you handle situations? You know, in what ways do you take action, basically, is kind of like the recurring theme of the angular houses. A lot of these houses kind of have to do with relationships, too, and like people, I actually kind of want to do a whole separate podcast at some point on the angular houses because I have a lot to say about these houses. But basically, to keep it short and simple, your first house, which is your ascendant, is about kind of how people view you and how you want people to see you. And your seventh house on the other end of that is kind of how you see other people. And then you have your 10th house, which is your career and public persona and how the public views you. And then on the opposite end of that, you have your fourth house, which is your home life, your private life, how you are not to the public, basically. So those are your angular houses. Then you have your succedent houses, which those houses are all associated with the signs Taurus, Leo, Scorpio, and Aquarius. So all these houses have to do with the fixed signs. Fixed signs are you know, they're stubborn, they're steady, they're stable. These are the houses where you want to think, okay, where do I look for stability? What are my resources? What do I have available to me? It's sort of like the things that we want stability in and also solid foundations. That's another thing that kind of pops up with these houses. Next, you have the cadent houses, which are all ruled by Gemini, Sagittarius, Virgo, and Pisces. These are the mutable signs, so it's all mutable energy. Some astrologers believe that these houses are about the thoughts that you have before you take action. So it's kind of like that step before the angular houses where the angular houses are all about taking action. 
These ones are kind of about what are your thoughts and perceptions before you take that action? How do you go about solving a problem before you actually decide to handle it? These houses are largely about perception, learning, and communication, and ideas, and philosophy. These are the more like mental sides of astrology, like what's going on in your head. These are very like heady kind of placements. Or sorry, not placements, houses. These are heady houses. <laughs> so yeah, those are the different types of houses. So yeah, um, so I guess that's all I have to say, just kind of explaining what the houses are and all that good stuff. So now I'm going to really just kind of get into it and talk about each of the houses in depth and explain what they rule and what they do and all that good stuff. So as usual, I'm just going to go in order. I'm going to start off with the first house. And the first house is the Aries house, basically. It's has a lot to do with the sign Aries. It's an angular house. It's a fire house. It represents things to do with the physical body, your appearance. It's also your ascendant. So your ascendant and your first house are basically the same thing. It's your appearance to people like when you meet them in person. It's your first impression. It's how others view you. A lot of it is kind of how you want to be seen. It's how you want to look to others. It's how you want to impress others. It's just your overall image and how you want people to view you, basically. So that's your first house. I'm going to go right to the second house. Your second house is all about Taurus. Taurus is an earth sign, making this an earth house. This is a succeedant house. This house has a lot to do with value. Value is like the big keyword I think of when I think of the second house. It's all about your self-worth. It can be about any talents you might have. It's your material possessions. This is also the money house. So money is a big thing here. So if you remember what I said earlier about succeeding houses and uh, why well, I said that really weird um, about succeeding houses and stability. Yeah. So this is like the money house. So you that's a house that you want to be stable. You want stable income, right? We all want money. So yeah, when you think of money, your second house is your money house and your possessions and what things are valuable to you. Moving on, we have our third house. The third house is ruled by the sign Gemini. It's a cadent house. It's an air house since Gemini is an air sign. This house is all about communication, intellect, the mind, uh, early education, short distance travel. So like if you're traveling like within your state or in your neighborhood, it's about siblings, acquaintances, your neighbors or your neighborhood. So a lot of it, it's, it's about like your relationships with people that you kind of see around on the day-to-day -day basis, but maybe you're not super close. Just, you know, it's like that neighbor that you just kind of wave to every day. It's about like taking trips to the grocery store and just like mundane kind of life and all that, all that stuff. And it's also, like I said, it's about uh, education, um, especially like early education or lower level education. Um, so like just basic things that you need to know. Basically, this is the house is just all about the mind. Next, we have the fourth house. The fourth house is ruled by cancer. It's an angular house. It's a water house. This is the house that's all about family. Um, it can also sometimes have to do with your mother. This shows who you are when you are in private or alone. This is kind of like, this is just who you are when you're like chilling at home, like hair tied, sweatpants, chilling with no makeup on. <laughs> um, you know, like the Drake song. 
this is all about home life, domestic things. I always think of this house as where you're coming from. So like in my head, I always think of like the fourth house as where you come from, whereas your 10th house is where you're going or where you want to be. And so because of that, I associate the fourth house a lot with like just your general background and where you started out and what your family life was like. So like if you were in an interview and you were famous and someone was like, oh, so tell me about your childhood growing up. This is like basically what you'd be describing of what your house was like. So like for me, like I have Gemini on my fourth house and I have Sagittarius on my 10th house. So for me, like I had a really I mean, this was more so as I got older but um and you know after high school and stuff like I had a really unstable home life I moved around a lot I always kind of felt like I didn't know if I was gonna have a place to live or not and you know growing up there was a lot of chitter chatter in my family a lot of arguing and a lot of different opinions and voices and so I spent a lot of time alone when I was younger and I spent a lot of time learning and educating myself and, you know, picking up different traits and talents because having that Gemini in your fourth house, you're kind of all over the place. So that's your fourth house. I'm going to move on to the fifth house. The fifth house is ruled by the sun Leo. It's a succeedant house. It's a fire house. This house rules all things children, creativity, gambling, risk taking, fun, leisure, casual dating it can kind of show like romance and like passion so this is kind of like this is like the fun house right I kind of love this house because my Mars and Venus are both in this house so for me like you know dating and love and romance and all that stuff that's like really fun for me and so yeah this is just like the fun house it's I always think of it as being like you know what do you love how do you like to have fun? How do you like to unwind? Like when you want to go do something fun, like I would look to this house to find out what things, you know, entertain you or make you happy. Also, so some people freak out when they see that they don't have any planets in their fifth house because they think that it means that like they won't have children. I just want to say that if you don't have planets in your fifth house, it does not mean that you can't have children or won't have children. Um, it just shows that children won't really be a big important thing in your life in particular. So yes, you can still have kids. It just means that it won't be as emphasized for you or it won't be as challenging or like I said, it'll just it'll just be kind of neutral. Like it'll be a thing, but it won't, you know, it, it just won't be as prominent in your life really. Next we have the sixth house. The sixth house is ruled by the sign Virgo. It's a cadent house. It's an earth house. This house rules daily tasks and duties, routines. It can also have to do with your health, work, how you, what you're like, how, wow, I can't talk. Um, this kind of shows like your work ethic and how you behave at work or what your attitude is in regards to work. This can also have to do with service. So how are you of service to others? How can you be helpful? What do you have to offer other people basically? Like what is it about you that you can give to other people to help them or heal them because the sixth house is all about I think service and duty and what your you know duties and tasks are how you take care of yourself what are your daily routines if you have one this is just kind of like your mundane like everyday life kind of a house so that's your sixth house moving on to the seventh house the seventh house is ruled by Libra it's an angular house it's an air house this house has to do with partnerships. So this can be romantic or non-romantic partnerships. It can be business partnerships. It can even be like friendships, just relationships in general, right? Like a relationship isn't always romantic. It can be, you know, any kind of like a mutual 
exchange, I guess. I don't even think that's the right word. I should probably use like a dictionary definition, but I'm not really able to do that right now. So anyways, it's just how how you relate with others, right? So this is kind of how how you deal with those partnerships. Like how do you interact with other people when you are bonded in a partnership with them? Is it easy for you? Is it challenging? Or is it just not a prominent thing in your life? All of this can kind of be affected in your chart. And, you know, if you look at what planets you have there, this might be easier or harder for some of you, depending. This is also the house that shows like how the people around. Oh, wait, let me backtrack. Sorry. This is (laughs) sorry. This is the house shows how you view other people. So this is where it gets really interesting. And part of why I want to do a whole separate show on the angular houses. So the first house and the seventh house they're like a mirror, right? So you have your first house, which is how other people see you and how you want to see them. And then the seventh house shows it's your shadow side. It's your negative qualities. And the interesting thing is, is that your first house and your seventh house, I mean, this is true for all the signs. Like you're always going to have the opposite sign of whatever sign is on whatever house on the other side, if that makes sense. So your first house and your seventh house are always going to be opposite signs. So in this way, with your first and seventh house dynamic, it's like a mirror. Like you're going to people are you're going to show the positive traits to people in your ascendant that you want to show to people. And on the other side of that, you're going to have your shadow traits that might come out in your relationship. So when you're hanging out with someone a lot and they get to know you and you guys get close, they're going to start to see the not so pretty parts of you because naturally that's what happens when we're in relationships. Um, Relationships are like a mirror. They show they show to us what what our struggles are and where we need to be healed and you know what things that that we need to work on in our lives because it, you know it all comes down to projection right it's natural for people to project their childhood traumas onto their partner and have that reflected back at them and this is the cool thing about relationships is that you know, you really learn and grow through these relationships. And so it's a very similar dynamic with the first and seventh house in your chart, because on one hand, you have this whole section of, you know, where you want to put out a certain image to the world and you want people to see you a certain way. But when you get in these close relationships, people are going to see the negative sides to you. And so one example I always like to use of this is someone I know is a Sagittarius rising and they are very preachy and like have the whole holier than thou attitude and they like to you know kind of preach to everyone and be like oh you guys you're just so immature and you guys really need to like act your age and blah 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 but then they have Gemini on the other side of that on their seventh house right where you know Gemini is a very immature and playful sign so you know here they are preaching to everyone you know oh, you guys need to be mature and get it together and blah, blah, blah. Meanwhile, this person is, you know, they get mad about stuff and they act super immature and they throw tantrums and like do all this stuff that is like so opposite of what, you know, they preach basically, right? So that's kind of like the whole dynamic with the first and seventh house. Another example is like, so I'm an Aquarius rising and, you know, Aquarians are all about being humanitarian and caring about the planet and like all this kind of like hippy dippy stuff and which like on some level like that is so me and I totally like want to be like that right but on the other end of that I have Leo which is like a very egocentric very selfish sign and so the amount of times I've had people tell me like oh my god you are so selfish why are you so selfish blah 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 and it's almost like a shock to us a lot of the time because 
you know, we put this image out into the world and we don't think we're acting a certain way or we don't want to act a certain way. And then what happens is, you know, we tend we sometimes go the other way and then people kind of expose those negative sides to us that we kind of like ignore. And, you know, it's it's hard for us to hear that from people that, you know, we're being the opposite of how we want to be seen. And a lot of that kind of ties in with some of Carl Jung, Jung's studies and his whole thing that he's done on shadow work, which is also another podcast episode that I would love to do at some point. I'm a huge Carl Jung fan. I love his stuff. And so, yeah, that is the seventh house. Hopefully everything I said about that made sense. And oh, one last thing, actually, before I wrap that up. So I kind of said this already, but your seventh house also shows, in addition to your Venus sign, it also kind of shows what you look for in a partner, right? Because they say opposites attract. And opposites tend to be like two sides of the same coin. So they have a lot of similarities and a lot of differences. So when you look at the seventh house and what sign or planets are there, that's what you look for in a romantic partner. So for me, I have Leo on my seventh house, which means like I'm attracted to people with Leo traits. So I like people who are really happy and funny and confident and warm and just really kind of exude those Leo tendencies, even though my Venus is in Cancer. It's kind of just like in addition to that. Another thing is I have my Sun and Mercury both in my seventh house. So on top of that, um, Mercury is a very mental planet. It's all about intellect and the mind. And the Sun, like Leo, is all about confidence and vitality and warmth and energy and just, you know, just having this happy, sunny kind of personality. So on top of that, it's kind of like I kind of joked about this on another episode I did. But because I have that in my chart, it's almost like I'm really attracted to really confident, really smart, maybe almost kind of like nerdy people. And it's funny because it's one of those things where for years I was like, I don't have a type. I don't have a type, blah, blah, blah. And then I dated a couple people after um, high school and I was like, oh, I guess I do have a type. And then later on, I looked at my chart to see that I had sun and mercury in my seventh house. So I was like, oh, that's why I like the same type of people and why I like these, you know, really smart people who are also really confident about how smart they are. Like it, it just all kind of made sense to me. So yeah, so that is your seventh house. Um, that's a really fun and interesting house. So that was kind of, you know, I like talking about that house. Uh, moving on, we have the eighth house. Now the eighth house rules or has to do with the sign Scorpio. It's a succeeding house. It's a water house. This house in a way kind of reminds me of like the devil card in tarot. Um, this house is all about debt, sex, death, shared resources, transformation. So this is a really interesting house. So where you have on the other end of that is the second house, right? So that's the sign Taurus, where in that house, it's all about you and what you value. Like, what are your values? And so coming from the seventh house, you have the eighth house, and this goes into shared resources. So this is like, what's yours? What's mine? This is kind of like, this honestly makes me think of like when you get married and suddenly like you and your partner have like a joint bank account. Alternatively, on a negative end of that, it almost makes me think of divorce and when, you know, people split up after marriage and they have to settle like, you know, who gets what. That's just kind of where my mind goes when I think of the eighth house. So this is a lot about like, you know, what do we value as a couple? Like what are our values? What are our resources? So, you know, like I said, so with the second house where you have, you know, what are my resources? What's my money? What do I value? 
you kind of on the other end of that, you have it turns from, you know, me to us or we. Sorry, not us. From it's it's from me to we <laughs> is what I'm trying to say. So the eighth house is a lot about, you know, you and your partner and what you both share and what's yours and what's mine. And it also shows how you can transform. It's, you know, how what big lessons do you have to learn, what things need to change in your life. You know, this house is kind of a scary house because it's also about debt and sex. And so it is a very karmic house. It can also be about what you owe or if you're very susceptible to debt. It can be about it can be about a lot of things. So when it goes down to when it comes down to it, when I think of death and, you know, this is a very common thing in the metaphysical world. When I think about death, I just think of transformation and regeneration. So even though this house can be kind of scary in the sense that it's about death, it's a lot about how do we transform? How do we get rid of things that we no longer need or are no longer serving us so that we can have a better outcome? You know, like with flowers and plants, it's really important to trim off the dead leaves so that the plant can grow and thrive, thrive better or yeah, can grow and thrive and, you know, be healthier. Right. So if we don't get rid of the negative stuff that's taking up all our time and energy, we can't grow and thrive and, you know, transform as people. And that's really what this house is kind of about. So if you have a lot of planets in the eighth house, don't freak out. Don't be like, oh my God, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. I'm going to die. You're not going to die. I mean, you will at some point because we all die, but it doesn't mean necessarily that, you know, just because you have a lot of em like emphasis and planets there, you're going to die. It doesn't mean that you're nece necessarily going to be in debt either or anything negative. It just shows like where you might struggle or what lessons you may have to learn or what issues you might face. And I know I'm saying that and it sounds negative, but even though sometimes going through those things can sometimes suck, like I've said before, it all works out for a better outcome. So don't fret. It's fine. <laughs> Everything's good. But yeah, that is the eighth house. Next, I'm jumping over to the ninth house. The ninth house is the house that is associated with the sign Sagittarius. It is a cadent house. It's a fire house. This house is all about higher learning, education, college, the higher mind. It's about teaching or teachers. It's about gurus, travel, philosophy, religion, spirituality. So what I always think of with this house is, you know, where are my beliefs? What do I believe in? Where does my religion or spirituality lie? where do I want to travel? So actually, I said this was about travel, but so on the other end of this, right, is the third house, which is Gemini. And when I talked about that house, I said that that was all about lower education and like early education and short distance travel. So in the ninth house, this is like the opposite, right? So this house is all about long distance travel. So if you were to go to another country or, you know, study abroad or something like that. This is the house that's all about long distance travel and higher education. So like, whereas with the third house where I kind of tend to think of like grade school or elementary school or middle school even, the ninth house just makes you think of like college. And something I said in one of my other podcasts is, you know, with Gemini. So Gemini is like the little kid, right? Like they're so curious. They have all these questions and they're very mental and in their heads. They want to know all this stuff, right? So whereas Gemini is just kind of like learning the fundamentals of everything, like, oh, what's this and what does this do and how does this work? Sagittarius just takes it up a notch to that next level. So like when we're kids, like, you know, we learn how to talk, we learn how to tie our shoes, we learn how to do finger paints and art and, you know, we learn our numbers and we know how to write letters and our ABCs and all that. Whereas, you know, Sagittarius takes all of that like 10 steps further and is like, 
I'm going to write a book. I'm going to write about philosophy. I'm going to paint this gorgeous oil painting. I'm going to tie these shoes and run a marathon. I'm going to do so many other things with that. It's just like taking the things that you learned in that third house and taking it like one or 10 steps further, probably 10 because Sagittarius is a very extra sign being ruled by Jupiter. So yeah, that's just that's what I think of when I think of the ninth house. It's your higher learning. It's those bigger questions in life. You know, it's like when we're a kid, we're like, oh, how does how do cars work? Or how I don't know, how does rain work? Or what like, you know, we have so many questions as a kid, whereas Sagittarius just digs deeper and asks questions like, what is God? Is there a God? Are there many gods? Like more philosophical, deeper questions like that. You know, like what's life after death? Is there life after death? Just those things that are kind of scary, but like we want to know more about. That's the ninth house. So next I'm going to talk about the 10th house. The 10th house is ruled by Cap, or not, I always say ruled by, and I don't even think that's like the right word to say necessarily. So (laughs) the 10th house is the house that's associated with the sign Capricorn. It's an angular house. It's an earth house. This house has a lot to do with your public persona, your status, your career, your interview persona. Um, Alyssa Sharp, who's a really great YouTube astrologer, kind of associates this placement with like being your Facebook personality. So like how do you act when you're on Facebook or other social media sites? Going back to what I said in the fourth house about um, about how I feel like the fourth house is your background and where you're coming from. The tenth house to me is... This is like where you want to go in life. Like, what's your dream job? What's your dream career? What do you want to be when you grow up? What do you aspire to be? So naturally, this is going to be different for everyone based on what planets are in your 10th house or what sign is ruling your 10th house. For me, I have Sagittarius on my 10th house. So growing up, like I've always wanted these big kind of exuberant like careers like when I was really little I wanted to be a pop singer and I wanted to sing and travel the world and then it was I wanted to be a fashion designer and then an actor and then I wanted to be a teacher and like I've cycled through so many different career paths in my head I wanted to do marketing for a little while or just business or I wanted to be a doctor like I was always changing like what I wanted to be when I grew up I just knew that I always wanted to do something more than just go to work and come home and just do that because Sagittarius is all about expansion and aiming for bigger and better things. So even when I worked a retail job, I always wanted to get a leg up. I always wanted to be a manager. I wanted to work my way up. And even now it's like I've just I've always wanted to teach or help someone or you know, have a podcast or a YouTube channel. I've always kind of, I guess, wanted attention on me, which is a very Sagittarius kind of a thing in a way. So yeah, so that is your 10th house. So that's where you would look for your career and your persona, your public persona and how you act in an interview and who you want to be. So like if there was a sign you think you might want to be, look to that sign on your 10th house because if you could be any other sign, there's a good chance you probably wish you were that sign. That's just my best guess because I love the sign Sagittarius. I've always wished I was a Sagittarius, but I'm not. I just have it on my 10th house. So yeah, 
that is your 10th house. Next, I'm going to move on to the 11th house. The 11th house is associated with the sign Aquarius. The 11th house is a succeedant house. This is known as the wish house. It's an air house. So yeah, this is all about your wishes and making them come true. And this is also largely about friends, networking, groups of people, technology, new thinking and ideas. So whatever you have in this house or whatever sign is on the cusp of this house, oh, that's the word I've been looking for. I keep saying whatever sign is ruling that house. And I think what I've meant to say this whole time is on the cusp of, and I'm I'm sorry about that, guys. I literally like didn't get a lot of sleep last night. I've been, I've had a really hard time sleeping, so I'm not as on it as I would like to be. But anyways, so yeah, the 11th house is all about friends and networks and technology. So whatever you have going on here is going to show like how your relationships are with your friends. It's going to show your networks, how you work with technology. If you're very innovative, if you have a lot of new ideas, that's kind of what this is all about. It's also about how you interact in groups of people, if you like groups of people, stuff like that. So that's your 11th house. Lastly, we're going to move on to the 12th house. The 12th house is associated with the sign Pisces. It's a cadent house. It's a water house. This house is really, really interesting and mysterious. It's kind of one of those houses that tends to scare people a little bit because it's the house of isolation. This is the house of self-undoing. It's about psychic abilities, dreams, sleep, endings, the subconscious, secrets, sweeping things under the rug. I also personally associate this house with trauma. So if you've experienced any sort of trauma in your life, this kind of shows how you would handle that. It's also things that you do that like you're not really aware of. So like when we talk about self undoing, like what does that mean? It basically means it's like the things that we do that are kind of not beneficial to us or are detrimental to us that we're not always aware that we're doing it. This is one of those places where you could look to find um, self-destructive patterns in a way. So if you have self-destructive patterns, which I think most people do, you would look to your 12th house to kind of see like, okay, what planets are there? What sign is on the cusp of that house? And how is this affecting me in my personal life? What am I doing that's holding me back? And I don't even realize that I'm doing it. It can also show, like I said, like your dreams, whether or not you sleep good. This is also a very spiritual house, but in a different way than like the ninth house would be. So this is the house of like isolation. So when you're alone and you are in the quiet with your thoughts, this is where you're kind of able to deepen your connection to God or the divine or whatever higher power you believe in. Because through silence, that's like that's the sound associated with the crown chakra, which is our connection to the divine. So when you are in this 12th house space, when you're alone, that's when you get to connect with the divine. You get to understand and learn and you just have that time to really get to know yourself and, you know, what deep subconscious things are holding you back and how you can heal it. So on the positive side, this house is a place that has potential for really great healing. You just have to know how to work with it and study it and accept and understand the things that are going on with it in order to heal whatever past traumas or subconscious, you know, self undoings that you may have going on. And yeah, so Oh, okay. So, you know, what? I'm just going to leave you guys. So before I, before I end this, um, I'm just going to give you a quick example of kind of how the 12th house works. So one example would be like if someone had Mars in their 12th house, right? Mars is the planet that's all about anger and passion and your drive and all, all that kind of fiery, passionate stuff, right? So someone with Mars in the 12th house, 
they might take a lot of time to actually admit that they're angry about something. They might, you know, you might hurt their feelings and they might sweep it under the rug and pretend like, oh, it's fine. And then you might hear about it like a week or a couple days later. And all of a sudden they might just blow up on you and you're like, whoa, what's your problem? And it turns out they had been harboring this thing that had been bothering them for like days or weeks or whatever. And so all of a sudden it'll just like come out and you'll be like, whoa, 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 why didn't we just deal with this initially when it was a problem? And, you know, for whatever reason, they'll just be like, oh, like I just I didn't want to bother you. I don't know, blah, blah, blah. So if you have like Mars in the 12th house, for example, that's going to get kind of swept under the rug. You're going to bury that thing until it finally comes out. And so, yeah, that is your 12th house. And that's just all your houses in general. So yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed this installment of the Space Witch podcast. As always, thank you guys so much for listening today. I love getting to teach you guys astrology. I'm so happy that there are people out there actually listening and engaging and loving this podcast. So with that being said, I invite you guys, if you listen to this podcast episode and you enjoyed it and you got something good out of it this week, then please take the time to share this episode with at least one friend this week. That would mean so, so much to me. I also invite you guys to come join me over on Facebook, the Space Witch Podcast, and on Instagram at Space Witch Podcast. Thank you guys once again so much, and I will catch you here next time.